888-344-0303. Call now, because this is the Morning Drive on News Talk WVMT. Welcome back to the Morning Drive, everybody. Kurt and Anthony here, and joining us online now is Dr. Marlene Watts-Smith. She's a pediatrician, founder, and publisher of Physician Outlook Magazine. Good morning, Dr. Smith. Good morning. Thanks for having me. So before we get into one of the, ma- the main topics we're going to talk about, can you tell us a little bit about the magazine that you have been the founder and publisher of? Yes. So I am um, trying to bring back the humanity in medicine and with everything being online and um, just the amount of information and misinformation that is out there, I know that uh, there's some value in having a magazine that you can hold and pick up and read. And so I, I had this crazy idea to um, publish a magazine that talks about the stories in medicine, but also some advocacy and educates people on, on how, to, how to try to fix any little parts of it. All right. That sounds good. And then let's talk about the issue that um, in regard to, tell us what Enacting a site-neutral payment system for Medicare is. Can you explain what that is to our listening so, audience? And, and I'm learning. I'm learning as I go. As a pediatrician, uh, I had always thought I didn't really need to learn about Medicare because you know children in general have other insurance. But as I learn, it's basically Medicare is a very convoluted system of payment, and the, I'm trying to tackle and understand what we can fix and what we can ask our legislators to fix because it just doesn't make sense to the, to the common person. So site neutral payments is one piece where we're both uh, sides of the aisle are agreeing on that Medicare should not charge or pay more for the exact same procedures done by the same exact same doctor based on where the procedure is done. So, you know, as a simple example, if you um, would go to your doctor, let's say your doctor still uh, had his or her own practice, and um, which is a, a, a whole d- different issue. You're finding that more and more doctors can't afford to stay in there, you know, to hang their own shingle anymore. Right. Oh, yeah. But, in the, you know, uh, before all of this convoluted stuff started happening, your do- you would see your doctor. In their office, actually, my, my father-in-law lived in uh, Willsboro, so I'm very familiar with Plattsburgh in that area. Let's say he would go to his regular doctor and have um, a toenail removed, let's say, uh, or, or some work done. The charge to Medicare to have that done in, in the doctor's office might be $150. I'm just making that up. Fast forward, and let's say that doctor's practice is now purchased by a big hospital system because... That's what's happening. Like same 90. Doctor. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. And, and no, no. So basically, same doctor, same. The only thing that changes, because even the real estate doesn't change. The doctor's office is, quote, unquote, purchased or taken over. So the only thing that's changed is maybe a, a fancy sign on the on the door or, you know, the, the uh, medical assistants, the nurses, everybody might have a the same uniform, but nothing else has changed. That same toenail procedure is now billed and charged at four hundred and fifty or five hundred dollars. Same doctor, same procedure. Nothing has changed so often, because now this is a, a hospital a facility. So oftentimes, three, four times the amount it would have been otherwise, 
and the hospitals sure. the hospitals are able to just get away with that right now. Yes, yes, and they'll say you know that that that's um, it's fair because they have so much overhead. What I can tell you is that as, as a doctor, you know, and, and I don't own a practice, I haven't for years, but the more corporate medicine becomes, the less uh, personal care is being administered and the less support we physicians are feeling. So it would be one thing if you, if the hospital takeovers and, and management gave excellent care and excellent service and the doctors, you know, said, you know, this is the bomb, this is great, I'm practicing, you know, I get home to my families. No, it's, it's the opposite. We're burning out like crazy. We're not seeing a penny of this. So this, you know, a, a patient gets mad, you get that bill, you get that ex- explanation of benefits. If you're a Medicare uh, recipient that has co-pays or has the, um, uh, uh, you have to pay 20%, 20% of 150 and 20% of 450 is quite a difference. And, and if you're on a fixed income, you're going to get mad at that doctor, not the big hospital system. You don't understand exactly. why. And well, that happens more and more these days, right? Correct, correct. And, and the anger is directed at us because I didn't know about this Medicare, um, uh, the difference in, in the site. I, I, I thought it was something like, okay, well, if you're, if, you know, let's say somebody's... Um, having a procedure done under anesthesia, I, I naively thought that the, when you were having something done at the hospital and they were doing it in a, a surgery suite, you know, there's cost to that. You know. Sure, that makes sense. But, but no, no, this is happening with the in the exact name. Anything that is quote-unquote owned by a hospital could be billed at this ridiculously inflated well i'm not sure if you know the market that we're in uh obviously you mentioned wellsboro and plattsburgh but over here in in the burlington area um i would say at least 90 percent of the local uh owned practices or the 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 doctor owned practices are now owned by the hospital and all the little hospitals around are owned by the hospital so I guess it makes sense now why there are so few um, small practices or independent practices left uh, in our area because it really does come down to this 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 change in billing and, and unfortunately money. It's it's all follow the money and you'll find the answer to everything. But it's, what we need to do is cut through all the 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 opacity that occurs and and ask. For clarity, what what I what irks me is that all this money is going to more and more administrators, more and more mm, suits, yeah. more, more pencil pushers. This is healthcare. We need to provide good healthcare. Even these electronic health records have created, you know, just more and more work for everyone. And there are some definitely some positives, but you know, the fact that a patient gets their results before a doctor sees it is is cruel in many cases and patients are finding out that they have cancer that they have unnecessary worries we needed to fix a lot of what was wrong with medicine before we enact all these other um, you know modernizations that hospitals just put in place because they get more money for it and they forget that they're people that we're dealing with people yeah exactly now doctor does the patient does the consumer have any recourse until laws are changed. Is there any recourse for, as you said, probably most people don't realize it. They have no idea that this has changed. Like, why is this so expensive? But 
Is there any recourse for someone who actually does realize it and says, wow, this is a procedure I had two years ago in my doctor's office that cost $200 and now it's costing me $1,000? Is there any recourse for people or there is, or is there not? There until- is, I think if you can take the time and cut through all the different people that you'll be passed through, I think you have a leg to stand on to say to the billing office, look, you know, I, I can't afford this. I want to have this reduced. I want a charity care, whatever you can. And although I think it becomes tricky when you have Medicare because there's different rules on, on what hospitals can and cannot write off. But I tell my, again, I deal with children. I tell parents now and patients, before you go into uh, have any procedure now, ask them what the cash payment is. Tell them you don't want to use your insurance. And, and, and it, you know, I've lived it. My, my daughter needs MRIs uh, periodically. She was charged $10,000 to have an MRI at a children's hospital of her head. And, and this was not a gold-plated MRI. You know, like, you know, we weren't treated any differently. So, yes, it's a children's hospital with a lot of overhead. But four or five years before, I, I had seen the explanation of benefits. It, it, it was 5000 At my local hospital in rural Pennsylvania, I asked, you know, I don't want to go through my insurance. What, what will, let's make a deal. What can I have the MRI done for and read? $1,500 cash. I, uh, you, are, you are striking a nerve, particularly with me. Uh, a friend of mine worked at a hospital in northern Vermont along the border with Canada, and they always that was the cash price fifteen hundred, uh, and that that was their build price. I, I don't know what the cash price was, and uh, our state actually um, forced them to close. Uh, they're only open during the during the week during the day now, <laughs> to shift everything to the big hospital. Right. Um, but uh, I I I, uh, I see that I was reading your your op ed that you wrote, and the Congressional Budget Office estimates site neutral payments, which is what you're talking about would save taxpayers $141 billion over 10 yeah. years? That is an yeah. insane amount of money. It is. It is. And the only um, op- opponents to this, uh, to uh, enacting site-neutral payments, as you can imagine, are the big hospital lobbyists and the hospital associations because this is going to cut into their... They're relying on this um, extra money that, again, is not costing them anything extra. I think they, they function on this borrow from Peter to give to Paul. So by overbilling for very simple procedures and by buying up all these doctors' practices, they're able to put, bring in more cash for other things that aren't being paid well or reimbursed well. When we really need to just pull the, pull the rug out from under this and, and figure out how we can pay uh, what is the actual cost for things and, and stop this shell game that we've got going on. Well, we've got a call for you, Doctor. Uh, let's go to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Good morning. Um, I just wanted to tell a story. Um, about four years ago, I had a knee injury, and they suspected a torn meniscus and wanted me to have an MRI. And the, the insurance policy I had had like a $5,000 deductible. And so they referred me to the medical center, UVM Medical Center. So I called up ahead and I asked them how much it was going to cost um, to get this MRI of my knee. And they told me $4,000. And I was like, that's crazy. So I called around 
and found a private, um, like a doctor-owned place that did this um, same thing. And at the time, again, this was four years ago, they charged me $250. And it, it was the same doctors that read the MRI as the doctors that are up at the hospital. But um, so this whole health care thing, I think, is, is really broken. But I'm wondering, um, doctor, if you have ever considered direct primary care and um, I love and that. that's a big yeah. new wave, and, and it's making so much sense. I really wish that they would consider that in Vermont. I'm in Vermont. You're in New York. But um, anyway, just wanted your perspective no, no, on I, that. I, Thank I, you. I'm glad you brought it up. So direct primary care and direct specialty care are, um, are basically... Uh, where doctors have to opt out. I love the model, and I, I wish it, it. I wish patients had the uh, of all socioeconomic classes had the option to basically have some cash. I think if we could come up with a compromise where you have some, maybe even state by state, some basic insurance. You know, maybe in New York they would offer you know Medicaid for anybody who wants it. In Vermont, it might be some other version, but I think if we can push um, for some sort of um, private-public option where every patient, regardless of their income, had the ability to make decisions about their own health care. And so if you as a, as a citizen, a U.S. citizen, would have money to spend, because with the direct primary care model, basically that doctor cannot accept Medicare at all, anywhere, and this is where it's hard to, um, for some to, to doctors to go with that model because then you're abandoning your patients. Um, it's not dependent on the site. You can now no longer, as, as, a, as a practitioner, as a physician, you can no longer ever see a Medicare patient again. The patient pays a monthly fee, um, like a subscription service, to see you. And it cuts out so much of the frustration because the doctor actually ends up making more money, knowing their patients more, uh, better, managing them well, and they create a network of, of uh, specialists like, you know, radiology and um, you can get lab work done for a reasonable fee. So the patient may have to pay, like you said, $250 that the monthly uh, service may not cover, you know, a lot of things, but they'll cover some basic medications, some basic labs, and then DPC docs basically negotiate rates with all of the locals. Where that might fall apart is when you have cancer, God forbid, get a, um, you know, you get into an accident, yet now you have to negotiate with these behemoth medical systems. I, I, I would be afraid to have just DPC without the major catastrophic. I was, I was going to say, could you could you couple that? Is that is that with a with a catastrophic plan? So if if God but, forbid something like that happened, you had you but, had some backup. Yeah, but try to find a catastrophic plan these days that right. truly covers. They don't exist anymore. Oh wow! Let's go back to the phones. We've got another call for you. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Yes, yeah, so I'm the doctor's opinion on this. Uh, I uh, beginning of the year. Well, actually, it was on New Year's Eve. I had to go to a hospital to get an x-ray. I have VA insurance, but 
the CBOC doesn't have x-ray machines. So they said, well, go to the emergency room in the hospital. So I go there. Well, okay, yeah, you've got this and that. Here's this orthopedic boot to wear. Okay, great. And wear it until somebody tells you not to. So I take the thing, and then I go to the regular orthopedic people, and uh, I get a referral, uh, and I go through that, and then they give me a shorter boot to wear. I said, okay, great. Well, next thing you know, and I'm getting a bill from some company in New Hampshire that these devices don't actually, or whatever you want to call them, don't actually belong to the hospital. They're on consignment from these companies. And then they turn around and send you a big whopping bill because they don't deal with the VA. So it's just like uh, people don't tell you everything you should need to know about what they're handing. If I would have known that, I could just called up White River and they would have sent me one for free. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's so frustrating. And, and this is not just in Vermont. Not It's happening everywhere. And emergency rooms are, you know, yes, they deal with major trauma, but if you... If that's the only place open and you, you know, have to go there because, you know, you need, well, there's, there's ways around it. Emergency rooms shouldn't be used for the types of things that are being used. But try to call your doctor after hours these days and you're going to, you know, be getting the runaround. But the, the amount that they will bill for simple things and like you explained, that boot you know, you should have, and they make you sign things. They'll say that, oh, you gave permission for that, but you have no idea what you're signing. They give you 10 pieces of paper, and, and basically, there's, you don't walk into a, a, a grocery store and and not know what the price is going to be. You take it home, and then later they bill you. You know, nobody would go shopping at that kind of you're, you're exactly right. I mean, the consumer, it happens to all of us all the time. You find out later, because I'm always like, oh, my God, I wonder how much this is going to cost me. And then yeah. I get the bill later and say, oh. Um, yeah. Now, back on this site-neutral system, and I know you mentioned that with Medicare, it's more difficult. You said in some cases, consumers can look at the bill and say, hey, look, this was just way out of line here and get it reduced. But And so you're saying the legislative change is for Medicare specifically in regard to the site-neutral payment system, which would, you think, take care of that. So one, my question to you is, you said there's bipartisan support for this. So does that mean that it, can we be confident this is going to happen right away, or is there still <laughs> some kind of roadblock to it? <laughs> oh, the, the, the roadblock, again, is going to be money. The, the lobbyist, the, the, probably the entity with the most money, because of, um, you know, they spend that, that four or five times more that they can collect from Medicare and from other insurance companies goes into different pockets. And so they have the, the hospital lobbyists are going to come out of blazing and say, you know, we can't do this because we're going to then have to cut services. Or we're going to have to cut hospitals. So they will just close those, that, those little practices that you as the patient enjoy because they're still practicing old-fashioned medicine and know your name when you walk in, they will say, oh, because we enacted things like this, we're just going to, we can't afford you, you know, to keep this anymore. But I think if patients, citizens go to their legislators and, and take them those bills and take them like, why is this boot that I got sent home from the hospital, why am I charged $900 for something that I could go on Amazon or eBay and buy myself? Uh, for or in that particular item, in that particular instance, he was a veteran. He could have, if the VA hospital's ninety miles south, if he if he had made his way there, he could have gotten it for free. 
Right. And it's not for free. I'm sure the VA is paying something for it, but the, there's, we need to demand transparency and pricing. And, and using the analogies, so supermarkets don't have the surprise uh, bills, but when you go to a restaurant, sometimes the lobster or something says market price. Again, you get to ask what the market price is, and you make a decision whether you really want it or not it's before re- you deliver it. And it's, that's what we need to demand in healthcare. It's really true. We do seem at the mercy of the system. Like We all kind of hold our breath saying, oh, my God, here comes the bill. I wonder what it's going to cost. We had to have it done. But w- when you talk about if they passed this legislation, and it was, re- it was uh, in regard to Medicare, where would that leave, just so I understand, uh, where would that leave a person, though, that's not on Medicare, can they face the same problem with private health insurance? So the, the private health insurance is, um, follow whatever Medicare does. So if this, okay. uh, if this were to happen, um, like in my world, circumcisions, I, I'm a pediatrician. I don't perform circumcisions, but I deal a lot with newborns and newborn medicine. In California, um, Medicaid no longer pays for baby boys to have circumcisions. It, it's, a, it's considered an optional, you know, the parent decides and it's not covered by insurance. And so I realized there when I was moonlighting there that if the baby with Medicaid, the parents wanted a circumcision, if it was done in the hospital, they were billed, I want to say, again, this to just give you an example, because this was also happening with the private payers, $1,200 the pediatrician to do it because of the facility fee and you know i think they would overbill in the if the baby went home and had the procedure done by the same pediatrician in the doc, in their own doctor's office it was two hundred dollars cash yeah so yeah. It, it, it's a i think we just need to um if we if the system changes and that was being followed also for the the private insurance so the um some private insurance, if the patient had a large deductible, the same thing was happening. They didn't want to pay the twelve hundred dollars if they had a five thousand dollar you know private plan with a deductible. I learned enough when I was covering there to say to a patient, okay, you're you're do you know I shouldn't be talking money with a patient. I just want to talk about health. But the more I learn about this, the more I, part of my family, the family I'm taking care of, part of their health is their financial health yeah. and not having stress. And not being worried about the bill. And I, as the healthcare, um, as a physician, I should be well educated on all aspects of medicine. And the more I learn about this, the more confusing it it is. And and again, this site, the site neutral payments is just one tiny little piece of uh, legislation that is it's, it's part of a uh, a larger um, request. Basically, this is I just chose one little piece. And, and tried to dumb it down for myself and for readers. I actually didn't publish this in my own magazine, but I recommend that readers go to a site called realclearhealth.com. That's what and, I was going to ask you. Okay, Real, yeah, realclearhealth.com. You can't say that fast. Yeah. So, so, Doctor, <laughs> we're just about out of time, but how um, optimistic are you that the legislation that you're talking about will actually pass? I'm hoping that that at least parts of it will pass, whether the site neutrality um, passes or not. I'm not sure, but I, I urge everyone to pick up the phone, call your legislators, bring your bills, um, bring your old bills, and talk to them and say, demand clarity 
and demand that that something happen. I'm not sure this will actually pass because of the unintended consequences that the hospitals will um, will say that will happen. And I don't want to see less health care for people either. If they say, you know, you can't, all, these, all the savings, if it turns into less care for patients um, and, and they end up closing facilities or firing doctors, then, you know, we're back where we started or in a worse situation. Yeah. But I'm hoping that by opening people's eyes in something simple like this, that the same procedure shouldn't cost four or five times more. Well, doctor, uh, in the in the state of Vermont, just to leave you with this, uh, in the state of Vermont, our legislature uh, hasn't even looked at trying to do anything with health care for a few years, but they tried to pass uh, a pay raise and then give themselves all free health care uh, this year. Uh, the governor vetoed it, but uh, just, just right. so you know where we're Dr. coming Marlene from. Dr. Marlene West-Smith, we are out of time, but we thank you so much for enlightening us on this topic. Uh, thanks for being on the morning drive today. Thank you. Have a great week. Thank you very much, Dr. RealClearHealth.com. Former Speaker of the House, Walt Freed, is up next. That's right. It's going to be a great conversation. We'll be back right after.